Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, as a pastor, I still at times have nostalgia. My generation is known for it, you know. That's why we still have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the television, and they come out with new Ghostbusters because people in my generation will buy it, and so they make it. But whenever I approached the text this morning and I got done with a lot of my, my normal exegetical work, I had a curiosity. How had I preached on this in the past? I don't remember really ever preaching on this text. And, and so I did a search on some of my old sermons. We can do that. I pulled up the last time that I preached on it that I could find anyway was 2011. Makes me feel old. Last time I preached on this text was 12 years ago. Some of my confirmands aren't even that old. That makes you feel old. But I looked at it, and I saw what I preached on it, and, and I was amazed. We had had something in, in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, about a Peace Sunday. I can't even remember what it was all about. But this was the text. The text that I preached on, Peace Sunday. That makes some sense. Jesus kind of works and, and summarizes the law here. We have this idea of loving your neighbor. We have this idea of loving your God. I see how peace could permeate. But the truth is, is that if we really, truly look at this text and, and reflect upon this text and, and dig deep on, on this text, what we will find is that peace is certainly not the only thing going on here. And admittedly, even in 2011, I said as much. But if we look at this text and we reflect on this text, we're kind of left wondering what is really going on? What is really taking place some people, some Pharisees, challenge Jesus. They ask the question of Jesus. They want a response. But only after they find out that he has silenced the Sadducees. We see, like a lot of our text, what is going on started way back in chapter 21, at the very start of chapter 21 with various groups going up and approaching Jesus and asking him questions. Now, their questions weren't purposeless. Jesus was kind of a wild hare. They didn't quite know what to do with him. But they wanted to kind of fit him in a box. They wanted him to fit their parameters the way they thought. They wanted to be able to understand Jesus so they could combat him. So they could combat him. So they could categorize him. That's what they were doing. Each question was loaded. One lawyer asked, who's my neighbor? He was expecting one of two answers. Either the entire nation of Israel or the person that lives close to me. If he answered one way, they knew how to deal with him. If he answered another way, they knew how to deal with him. But as long as he answered in those parameters but the problem came about again and again 
and again. Every time Jesus responded, every time Jesus answered, he answered in a way that left them not knowing quite what to do. There was no category for the way Jesus responded, the way Jesus answered. There was no nice, neat little box to place him in so that they could categorize him and say, oh, this is how we approach him, or this is how we deal with him. No, each time they found themselves up against a wall. And so finally this morning we see it's the Pharisee's turn. It's the Pharisee's time to shine, to, to ask the question, after he has silenced the Sadducees, after he has silenced the others. Ultimately, this comes down to a question that's actually asked at the beginning of 21. By what authority do you do this? By what authority are you saying these things? Are you doing these things? That's the real question that becomes the heart and soul of this text as we move forward. Here you have these Sadducees. You have these Pharisees. You have these people that have studied God's Word, the Old Testament, very diligently their whole life. They really thought they knew what was in there. They really thought they knew how to explain it, how to talk about it. But with each response, with each answer, the thing that becomes astounding and clear is that they do not know as much as they thought they did. And so Jesus turns the tables on them a little bit, and he asks them a question. He asks them how to handle this passage that was written by King David. My Lord said to my Lord, and they don't know. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't know what to do with that text. With one question, Jesus silences all of them to the point where they're almost afraid to ask him questions. One of the things that he exposes is that the depth of God's word is so much more than what they were looking at. Now, even us as Christians, we can look back at that text and, and knowing who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God, we look at that text and we go, oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. And yet, as Christians, we also must realize that we can study God's Word our entire lives and still have more that we will never get to. We still have so much more to learn and to ponder. It's part of the reason it's so important that as Christians we continually do this. That we continually read God's Word. We continually find ourselves in, in Bible study or study of some kind. That we continually come to church to hear again God's Word. To hear again the exposition, the explanation as we ponder ourselves and as we ponder anew the holy word of God. But then there's the other side of the coin too, isn't there? The other side that makes us realize that God's word, while as complex and as deep, deeper than, than any, is as deep as we could ever possibly imagine to go, and yet 
also simple. That God's word approaches us with a simple message. That Jesus died for you. Something so simple and yet so profound. Something so simple that the youngest of children could understand it, yet so profound that we could study it for the rest of our lives and never reach the bottom. That Jesus died for you. That he died for your sins, for your salvation. And so the question of authority is answered. By whose authority? Jesus is the Son of God. That's whose authority. But Jesus, as the Son of God, also died for you. Also forgives you. Also redeemed you. Complexity and depth and simplicity. The gospel message. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we...